Hello and welcome to Raptor Screenings episode 99. I'm your host and with me is our host Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hello. And we're here to talk about movies. That's so true. Um Destiny I think has the fewest movies. It's true. I have one, so I thought you had two. No, I didn't finish the other one. Oh, okay. It's well, then you have, the, hours you have long. the same amount of movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we watched. I was literally the- running through my head. I'm like, Jackson's got that that shitty one, and then that Chinese one. <laughs> no, that, that Chinese one was three hours long. I didn't even watch half of it. Okay. Next time you'll have the Chinese one. Yeah, I'll finish it. But it, it was a th- three hour long war movie that's not very good. Uh, so you know. It's fine. It, by not very good, I mean it, it is intentionally slop. Uh, what's okay, that, uh, fine. Babylon? Then you get to go first. Go first. I, th- sorry, you threw it to me. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do it. Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to take anything away. Uh, um, well, I, I guess I will. Yeah, the actual movie I watched was um, The Way Back. The uh, Ben Affleck fucking the high school basketball movie from like right before the pandemic. Yeah, I have a question for you. Why this one? Of I don't all know. movies? I don't know. I just watched it. It just, I think it was because it was the movie that everyone was being normal about. Like, it was the film Twitter movie of the week that everyone was like, oh, this one's actually surprisingly good. The, like, when the pandemic happened, so it had a way bigger impact on my perception than it should have, because it's not a movie worthy of that level of consideration. Yeah. Um, I watched it. Not very good. Okay, guess what? It was kind of bad. I was like, damn, that wasn't very good. What's it uh, about? It's about a drunk guy who uh, used to be a high school basketball coach i don't well, high school basketball guy right just a high school basketball hero uh who led the team to the best years of its life but now the team sucks uh and he's drunk and depressed and divorced uh but he's now got a chance for redemption through coaching this team and it goes through this as generically as you would imagine uh, uh, and it's kind of I don't like the direction it's all like soft focused sad piano just like ding 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 as he like watches a montage there's like a cartoonish comedy montage of how many shower beers he drinks to the point I'm like is, is it meant to be funny you, like it is kind of funny but I don't think you necessarily know I think you want me to be invested in the tragic sadness of this drunk man that Ben Affleck is um, but uh, like halfway through it reveals that he's depressed and divorced because his kid died of terminal cancer uh which is so huge it breaks the film like whatever little bits of this is a normal cliche movie it had is so completely destroyed by like introducing that level of trauma into the equation um because then it's like the story where he just sucks and then gets depressed and then learns to be a teacher without having a dead kid in the middle is a normal story. That one has the a Mighty Ducks. Lines. You could watch the right. Mighty Ducks, yeah. which is that yeah. story. Many been done many times before, right? The guy who was a high school star but never never turned into anything, right? Uh, yeah. And then went back and uh, rediscovered his love through teaching. Normal story, been done a million times. Uh, but it just is huge because it makes the alcoholism stuff great. There is a scene where one of his friends or like. The, the parents of a friend of the kid, right? He was, the kid was in hospital and one of his friends was also in the ward and that kid is still alive. But that kid gets terminal cancer, like gets confirmed that his diagnosis is back halfway through the movie. Um, and so there's a harrowing scene where the kid, where like where his parents are like screaming, realizing that their child's about to die. But the camera just follows Ben Affleck and like lingers tension-wise on whether he'll start drinking again. That's like the question of the scene. That's like the real story here. It never, it never goes back to those parents again, by the way. They're, they're done. Their they're role in the narrative is done. And just the way it uses the like dead kids as a prop is like 30 Rock-esque is how completely <coughs> stakes-breaking it is. It's just nonsense to me. It's ridiculous. Because it's not a movie about like grief and childhood. It's a movie about high school basketball and being a drunk failure. 
Uh, doesn't work. Nonsense movie. Why did I watch this? Stupid. Uh, but that was the film I watched. Uh, never trust film Twitter. That's the answer. Yeah, I'm surprised at how like higher rating it has on Letterboxd and everything. People are like, oh yeah, is, these are the normal movies we need more of. And I'm here to say, no, we could have good <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't mean to like take over and interrupt. I was just, uh, didn't, no. Uh, Destiny. I watched a fucking sweet movie called Conan the Barbarian. Yes, I picked up the Arrow double pack 4K release of Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer, which I have not seen yet. But Conan the Barbarian is a movie I loved, and I was like, Destiny, you got to watch this shit. I don't know if you'll like it, but I think you will. I loved it. Uh, this movie has so many great scenes, I can't even begin. Like, there's a scene where he punches a camel. There's, like, <clears throat> tubs of goop. There's a snake cult. There's a... Uh, James Earl Jones with that wig. Uh, this movie's great. I had such a fun time. It put me in the mind of... Um, it's not quite Excalibur, <laughs> but it's got a similar vibe. I don't know how to explain it. But the vibe is also just... Uh, I kept calling it a cocaine movie. Yes. Well, it was uh, co-written by Oliver Stone. So, it, you know. The most cocaine movie I've ever seen. I had such a blast, though. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I uh, had seen Conan a couple times, but not in many, many years. And revisiting it, i surprised how much it lifts from, like, 70s uh, sci-fi fantasy stuff like Zardoz or, um, like, El Topo and the Holy Mountain. But in this, like, aggressive, meathead, macho 80s version of those things. Yes. Um, that is, like, profoundly stupid, but it still's got the sauce because they used to know how to make fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> and it surprised me in a couple of ways, too. Like, it, you know, he has friends, even though he's this awful, he's a barbarian. He's just, like... <laughs> So shitty, but like, I don't know, there were some turns that I didn't expect, and, and that made it even more fun. Yeah. Um, great movie. Uh, Ar it's so funny to me, watching these movies, that Arnold took so long to pivot to comedy. Like, it, it took like 10 years for people to go, oh, this guy's funny, because I think he's genuinely funny in the movie when he's got mo Just the way he yells in pain is funny. The guy's goofy. Yeah, he's very funny. Um, But, yeah. Great film. Um, what else do I have? I watched The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, the 1970 Dario Argento film, uh, which is seen as like a proto-Giallo film, um, which is about this guy who's, uh, he's like an American writer living in Rome, and he witnesses an attempted murder at this art gallery of this lady, like a masked figure comes in and tries to stab her, and he sees it, and then the police are asking him about it, and they're like, don't leave the country, because, uh, you know, you're you're part of this crime thing. And so he wants to get out of the country, and he's like, I'm going to solve it myself, because the police are useless, as he tries to use his writerly wiles to figure out who this, like, serial killer going around is, uh, and then the serial killer discovers he's investigating and he gets wrapped up in intrigue and murder um like most uh giallo-esque films it, it's mostly not very scary and about a guy walking around talking to people for t two hour and a half um i i would say i liked it more than a lot of giallo i still think that I, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of boring and i think the resolution's terrible which is like a genre constant for me the resolution's always some psycho ass bullshit you're like this sucks i hate this <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah, I remember watching this. Um, oh, you've seen this one. <laughs> I've seen this one. This was not only have I seen this. This was one of like the first movies that when I went to my degree, they were like, "You we were watching this one." We're doing Bell with the Crystal Blue Image, and I watched the I first like, half hour is like fucking banger, and then it all falls apart. <laughs> like it was fine. I was like, "This is interesting. Is this gonna be too scary?" <laughs> it truly wasn't. It was not too scary. No, because um, I, I wouldn't have chosen to do this. Like you know, it's just not aesthetically the kind of thing yeah. I assume would be interested in. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't too scary, but I did find it kind of dull. I was like, there, yes. there was, I, was, I was expecting more. I was expecting more because I was told, oh, this is like a deeply influential movie with like a crazy twist and uh, like incredible aesthetics. And the aesthetics were okay. It like looked okay. But it, yeah, I, I also was like, it didn't, it didn't uh, tickle me much either. Um, I feel like Giallo films aesthetics are just, is there like a, a faceless man in a room with a lot of red velvet? Yes, man. Drove people crazy in the 70s. They've never <laughs> seen it before. Uh, I mean, I, there are worse aesthetics than that. Yeah, no, no, I know. I know. It's just like, you look at these movies, I'm like, yeah, they're colorful, but man, they're fucking boring. <laughs> um, Italian cinema's got more going on than this. Uh, please, soul of God. Um yeah, it does end up just kind of being like a, a writer walks around trying to solve a mystery that nobody really gives a shit about. In <laughs> <laughs> um, such cases. Which should, be, which should be like my favorite genre, but there's just no tension to it. It's like totally lifeless. Um, oh, well, so it goes. Uh, I'm so not goes. giving up on Jello yet, but I, this is why I only dip in every once in a while. When every classic of the genre, I'm like, eh, it's kind of boring. Um, and then I watched uh, Shirley Clark's Portrait of Jason, the 1967 uh, Cinema Verite Calling it a documentary is kind of weird, um, which is her and her partner spending like a night interviewing uh, Jason Holiday, uh, who is like a cabaret performer. He's just like a gay black man in the 60s who just like lives free, does a lot of drugs, basically like hooks up with whoever can pay his way, um, you know, and, and they just interview him about his life. And he tells all these stories. Um, and as it goes, they like because he's like such a character he's like so flamboyant and evasive and has like a long story to tell you about everything but it's always about someone else's like oh this is what they're really like uh sort of thing and so he's just like deflecting any question they put to him and as part of that like as the night goes on and it's like cut between like it's like 10 hours of footage and it's cut down to like an hour and a half um they just start needling him more and more to like open up and uh he does you just start to see like the cracks form uh as he starts like pacing and getting anxious um but there's also some questions to what degree like he was a willing participant to this as an art project versus like it was just a weird hostile interview at some point nobody knows because nobody's nobody says anything <laughs> like that's just an, a fact of the world that is ambiguous about this film um and i I found that part uh arresting it's pretty good to just watch someone uh be kind of performative and get that whittled away through nothing but attrition uh, but it's good um, yeah that that sounds fun i've not i've not i've not heard of this one uh there's like a shirley clark uh program on um criterion channel oh, okay, um yeah. which is how i so my um my introduction to Shirley Clark as like a person is uh, she shows up in uh, Agnes Varda's Lion's Love as herself because <laughs> it's about like these three fucking stoners who like squat in a house in Hollywood and like want to be in a movie and they end up running across Shirley Clark and ask her to be in their movie. Uh, like, can you put us in a movie? Um, and I was like, I've never seen anything she's done. Um, but, it, you know, trying to fix that now. <laughs> mm hmm. Real like sixties uh indie cinema stuff. Yes. Um 
Jesse, have you seen Sherlock Clark films? It seems like something you would have done. I don't think I have. Um, okay. I was about to look up and see if I had, but I don't think I, I don't think so. Okay, That's this has I been on just, my list I, for a long time. Yeah, I know that. Uh, if anyone knows shit about weird sixty cinema, it'd be you of the three of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was it for me. Kind of like I've been gaming. You know, checking on abnormal mapping out Friday to hear about the five, five games I played instead of watching movies. You know. Uh, true that. Um, anyway, our movie this week is Ikari XB1, a 1963 Czech film uh, directed by uh, Jindrik Polak, uh, based loosely on the novel The uh, Magellanic Cloud. Magellanic? Probably Magellanic. I think it's Magellanic. Uh, yeah, Magellanic. Uh, by Stanislav Lem. Uh, this movie uh, was released in the United States in 64 uh, in a dubbed re-edited version called Voyage to the End of the Universe, um, though seemingly the the original version is on YouTube under the name Voyage to the End of the Universe. If you just search for it, you'll find it um, because I don't know. I, I watched some Gratarian, but uh, it's kind of a kind of a it got like a restoration in like 2016 and uh, but is otherwise kind of an obscurity. So. Um, I picked this because one of someone in the Discord recommended it. Said it was very Star Trekky, um, which correct, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would but say it's, it's also- more. I would say it's more Twilight Zone than Star Trek, but those are of a type. Like they're in a, they're they exist of a kind. <laughs> I mean, you could say this movie was very insert like ninety nine point nine percent of anything sci fi spacey at all, and you'd probably be right. It, it, oh. it's a- well, you know what, Jackson? Why don't you tell us what happens in Ikri XP One? <laughs> No, very little actually happens in no, that's uh, true. XV1. Uh, like to describe the plot is to, to be like, okay, so um, a, uh, I think it's 2163, a uh, like ship, I guess, is dispatched to uh, Alpha Centauri to yes. like form a human colony on the white planets. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, this is, it'll take them uh, 15 years, but it'll only be 28 months. Time dilation, sci fi, everyone knows, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they go to find the white planet, and on their way there, um, the like dark void of, of space, uh, the, the, like a dark star they pass, starts like infecting the crew, and they start acting weird and distrusting each other. And one of them tries to like destroy the ship, and they have to stop him. And uh, everyone turns on each other. And it's very tense. It's like it's a classic Star Trek. Uh, there's a thing in space, and everyone's acting weird. Episode. Uh, you, you've missed the part where there's another Star Trek plot where they find an old derelict, yes. like Earth spaceship from oh, the 20th yeah. century. In the middle of this, they they find an old derelict spaceship from the 21st uh, 20th century and reflect on the inhumanity of the Cold War briefly and nuclear weapons. <laughs> and I'm like, we're hitting all the beats. No one invented anything. It was all here from the start. That's my that's my version. This is watching a movie from 1963 and being like, it was never anything new to find. That's, yeah. what I, that's my my equivalent uh, uh, explanation to yeah. the crew of Crew XP1. Um, and ultimately, like with the help of the fact that there are life forms on the planet they're already going towards, uh, are able to overcome these crises and land on the planet. And they see that it's like already inhabited as they get there, right? Is the big, yes. the big ending. Um, it's not like a new land of possibility it has its own cities and there'll be like a new alien in fact they see nothing but like industrial zoning for as far as the eye can see (laughs) yes but it's like portrayed as like this is uh a grand cosmic like triumph yes Um, it's exciting 
yeah, it's like a little bit of a dark twist to it, but I, I take it as mostly straight. No, no, yeah, I think, I think the movie is positive about it, but watching it now, I'm like, yeah, it sucks there too, I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so much that, like, in America, they saw this and, like, what if we took the, like, kind of implications here and turned them up to be even stupider? Where they see uh, the Statue of Liberty and Manhattan. <laughs> That's uh, the Planet uh, of the Apes. Yeah, literally <laughs> doing Planet of the Apes before Planet of the Apes. Yep. Um, of, like, oh, they were aliens, but they were coming, they were coming to us. Uh, don't know how. I guess they must have changed all the what languages about Alpha Centauri and Earth. Um, <laughs> but what a stupid twist! I mean, maybe they didn't, right? Needed. Like, who knows? Because that's yeah. the whole thing with Planet of the Apes, right? Is that like they're from Earth and they end up on Earth and they just don't know, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, like to describe the plot is very staid, right? Like, a, some things happens, it goes weird. They go through a couple different Star Trek plots and are okay in the end. Yeah. Um. So it's not really a plot movie. It's mostly about the tone of everyone hanging out on the ship. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what did everybody think? Uh, Jackson, you're the one person I don't know what you thought about this movie. I quite liked it. I have very little to say about it. I'm a bit nervous yeah. about this podcast because <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, it's not particularly thematically dense. Dense, no. Uh, it's not particularly like bold in its ideas other than the fact that like the things that it's doing were so influential. Um, yeah. But it is really like engrossing to watch. Uh, I think that the performances are like just kind of off kilter and fun right mm-hmm. uh, as everyone's losing their minds a little um it has like some light like it opens on a weird flash forward and the guy's like oh i never existed that tells it not to be true Earth totally did exist yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just having a normal one at that time but like stretches out he's of got mystery. space madness from his weird radiation disease <laughs> yeah he's he's got uh star trek space madness uh, yep. and i was like this is like this is a lot of Star Trek, but also like sixty percent of the Voyager episodes I've seen are literally exactly this. Yes, Voyager um, is this like every other week because <laughs> they don't have like this is also in the world where you can't do space politics. It's just there's a weird thing happening, um, and that made me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I had, a, I had a totally fine time. I quite like quite enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, Destiny. I really liked it. It did. It had Twilight Zone vibes. It had uh. 2001 uh vibes which they say that this was a heavy influence on that movie um i really liked one of my favorite things in science fiction is seeing how people in the 50s and 60s thought you know things were going to be like in the future and all the little choices that this movie makes are really fun uh i really like the fashion and the and like how everything still looks a little 60s but like <laughs> it, it's it's the future and i don't know it's just that always amuses me that was one of my favorite things about this movie um yeah one of the things that i liked about this was like the special effects are just exceptional for, you know, an international, like I, I've seen Forbidden Planet, which has a bunch of great special effects, but that's like a big, like American production. And I was just expecting something less ambitious from something coming out of Czechoslovakia um, in this era. And no, it looks fucking incredible. All of the, the sets are, the sets are beautiful, but even the, uh, just all the shots of the spaceship, like wobbling its way through the stars are very good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all the spacesuits are really like watching this movie. I'm like, it's 63. Like a man went into space two years ago for the first time. A guy won't do a spacewalk for another two years after this. Um, we're just like in the infancy of this thing. And a lot of the suppositions about what life in space are like are not even based on things that have happened yet. Um, we're just still figuring that shit out. Um, 
And it's just re- that part, I think, is really good in the way it just d- depicts the banality of living in, in, the, in a world where once you once you're in space, you still just got to kind of figure like live your life and figure shit out. And yeah, there's be still a drama. There's still, oh, does she like me or does she like him? Does she, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, this girl's pregnant. And how is this baby going to fare? And just a lot of like almost soap operas, mini soap operas. Yeah. The two guys um, that like don't get along because the guy keeps repeating the phrases over and over. <laughs> That's so but, but relatable. In the, in the backdrop of this like modernist uh, like landscape of this ship where every room is like enormous and sparse and like stark and black and white and silver, it, it, stuff's great. I love all that. <laughs> I mean, like the corridors is how you know the quality of a space movie to me. Yes, yes, uh, and. <laughs> This movie's corridors are so good that it's like, oh, everyone stole. This is where this is where the corridor comes from, I guess. Like you know, yeah. uh, two thousand and one just stole these sets, uh, and every yeah. else stole from two thousand and one who wasn't stealing from this directly, right? Like it, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. deeply intellectual e- production. Even wise. fucking Star Wars opens on a goddamn corridor because they know. Yeah, yeah. corridors in space. <laughs> yeah, you've got to make your starship corridors look fucking good. Yeah. Uh, um. Fun. Yeah. No, that part's true. <laughs> I spent about half this movie going, he's probably too old, but Willem Dafoe should play McDonald in a remake of this film. Uh, yeah, man. Because the guy who plays McDonald has big Willem Dafoe face to me. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, Willem Dafoe would have absolutely killed in a movie like this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, he's too old now, and you couldn't do the plot where he's got like a pregnant wife because his wife would be way too old or it'd be really un- unfortunately creepy about it if she wasn't too old. Right. Um, but um, I could see I could see a movie where you do this sort of thing uh, and he'd be great as the guy who you think he's the one who's gonna get space madness. But he's just the grim guy who's like very resolute about rationality as everyone's talking about God and their emotions. <laughs> uh, there's so much of that. And it doesn't like c- c- cohere. Well, no, no. cohere is fine, but it isn't like it's not building to a big like plot about God, right? They just kind of talk no, no, about no. it a little. Yeah. <laughs> as they go on this journey. Because there's some question of there's like problem. some sort of like intervention, like is someone protecting us from the radiation? Like who could that be? Is there some being out there? Because they're like looking for a planet where there might be microbes, right? They're looking for yeah. life, not intelligent life. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess the resolution of that is it's just our different people helping them. Yes. Going, oh, in our solar system, the other planet's full of weird radiation and anybody who comes here, we have to protect them. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, imagine from the perspective of the guys on the planet, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, another ship that's uh, this is getting, getting hit with the Star Trek Voyager plat- beams up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it does have this like, because you know from the beginning it's going to begin, it's going to end with someone with a gun with like blood all over their face being crazy, right? Like that's, it's it's pitched to you as a, a framing device that they're going to come back to. Um, so you're just waiting for everything to go bad. And then when it does go bad, it's like two people get sick. It's not that big a deal, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the opening of the movie definitely had me expecting like, this was going to be a, like, everyone dies in space film. Yes, seen, absolutely. You know, it happens many times, right? They go on a big mission. There's yeah. something wrong. I've seen like Event Horizon. Yeah, right. Uh, many, many movies have followed this, but they don't, like, that doesn't actually happen. It's just a couple guys getting radiation sick. Yes. Yeah, and then the doctor treats them. Uh, that's the true sign of, like, serious science fiction is the solution in the sick bay. If so, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true though <laughs> 
uh, which is very funny. Um, I also just love just because the, the the era in which it was built. There's eight thousand computers, right? Everything's got a computer, but because it's it's the early '60s, even not even the late '60s, like Star Trek. There's like no, there's like one screen. There, it's all lights and switches. There's no screens anywhere. Yes, no one, no one's thought of like having a UI yet. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's just it's just <laughs> feedback on lights and readouts. <laughs> Uh, which is fantastic to me because that just all goes away once you hit like the 70s and like computer terminals exist. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have Spocks that'll look down into the, the the microscope, but it's a, you know, a rate like a long range sensor or something. Yeah, I love that. Uh, every time they're doing like overlays, cameras on screen stuff, it just looks really good. Well, um, there's a there's a shot specifically when they get to the white planet. The white planet's like it seems like it's like round cutouts of like cloud layers and maybe like micro like macro photography of like slides or like something because it just has this weird like i know these are real real objects because did like optical effects don't like really exist to generate images like this yet just layered and layered on top of each other so the planet has this weird fuzzy special effect vibe that i've just never seen before (laughs) i thought that was cool too that caught my eye as well just how that planet looked and how it still looked flat in a lot of ways too yeah (laughs) Whereas the ship is just like the fucking Naboo Starfighter, like this mirrored, beautiful, <laughs> sleek thing going through space. God, that's true. It really is. Yeah. And it looks great, but it does like the like long shot they have of it moving, which they use over and over again, has like a little wobble to it, which is very charming to me. There's a bit in the like restoration at the beginning. It's like some many some effects uh, are obviously dated, but we chose not to like take out the wires and shit because why would you do that? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And we want correct. you to have the 63 experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, which is all very charming and good. I love that stuff. Yeah, I'd have been very sad if they had tried. Like, I don't even know why you would. They would never, right? It's not the kind of movie yeah. that would get, uh, like, you know, famously the Star Trek season one did. They did a CG version of all the effects. Well, that's just all. That's reason. all Star Trek, uh, like all original series. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I understand at least why they would do that for like Star Trek people who might think, you know. Yeah. your dad watching it not your dad specifically, but the idea of a dad watching star trek is like oh lose effects are so much better right but no yeah. one's gonna watch a fucking check influential movie about like production design <laughs> and want those effects to be changed that's just not a person who exists on planet earth right yeah. absolutely um that star trek one is so weird because like that's the only version that basically exists on modern formats like you it's very hard to find the original versions of tos at this point uh, they're both on the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray has both of them, but um, on the, I don't I think, think they that's only true. Put the CGI. I don't think that's true. I have the Blu-ray, and I'm fairly yeah. sure it has both. Maybe I have the Blu-ray, didn't. and I don't think it has both. Yeah, I was gonna say our Blu-rays don't, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, uh, I can't pause this because no, 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 it's fine. This. <clears throat> I know that the, I'm fairly sure the discs that I've got uh, have both of them, but um, I don't. I don't know for sure. Yes, the Blu-ray includes both original and remastered effects in HD. Yes. Huh, that's interesting. Okay, well, I'll look around my Blu-ray again. Yeah. I don't know if the if if like the streaming versions are what they are. But yeah, yeah, no, no. Dustin bought me the Blu-ray set, but it's like it's not like the original release of the Blu-ray. It's like the all-in-one package one. So that may it might just be a different release. It doesn't have that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Shame. Bunch of releases. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very happy with the like the presentation of this movie is fantastic, right? It just looks amazing. It's so clean. Um, I don't, I haven't seen enough like sci-fi from this era to know how like different. The, the tone is it's very good at, like it just takes itself more seriously than i was expecting i was expecting something mm. a little campier i guess um, you should watch forbidden planet if you haven't that's like the og sci-fi film 
yeah. mid-century. I, I should because I don't have an. I have like post Star Trek and Star Wars, right? I have a lot of familiarity with what's going on. Even like yeah. seventy stuff surrounding that. I've seen Dark Star. Um, oh yeah, Dark Star is great. I love Dark Star, uh, but I haven't seen like I'm reading more for enormous reading, which I have to bring back when I'm not gaming every fucking week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too much gaming, Venora. Sorry, uh, but um, I had, I don't have as much like I don't really know what the like tonal or visual idea of sci-fi was in the 50s beyond just like pastiche that's survived to this day like i know how it's like thought of but i haven't like gone back and seen much of it yeah the thing is i think i think when i think of like 50s and 60s sci-fi i think of the i mostly think of like the cheesy b-movie like creature movies right i think of like them right which is about like ants as if they're huge but they're just footage of ants (laughs) (laughs) yeah when i'm imagining a 50s sci-fi movie i imagine like uh, a man, a sweaty man, uh, like seeing a thing and going ah, and there's like a big sting going like oh, yeah, it's, it's the a, thing. It's, it's the thing that like Futurama's making fun of yes. is like this. Yes, yeah. But I realize that that's just like mostly from modern things, like making fun of it. Right, I know that yeah. from culture, not necessarily from watching a bunch of fifty sci-fi movies, which I haven't really yeah. done. But just the idea of like sci-fi is about a ship in space is like in its infancy as like a film thing yes. in this era. Mm-hmm. Like, Forbidden Planet's, like, the one that popularized love. What if you were on a starship? And that's what the movie's about. <laughs> that's what I was wondering, because I was like, there's a lot of things in this movie that are so taken as writ about cinematic despe- depictions of being on a ship in space. Yeah. I was curious about, uh, like, how how that was received. Like, like the way people sit on the bridge and receive all their instructions and look at the screens. Yes. And I know they're just doing submarine stuff on some level. Like, that's yeah. where the big influence is. Um, but it just feels like, yeah, obviously a spaceship would be like this. Yeah. Um, it's already been decided by 1963. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's getting their food from the computer. Uh, there's a robot who is not the computer robot, and he's he's basically a forbidden, the Forbidden Planet robot. He's basically Robbie the robot. Patrick! But everyone, treats it, everyone already treats him with, like, retro, like... Like they're they're they make fun of him because he's an old robot that doesn't work the what like as good as modern technology. Like the idea of a fifties robot is already like a figure of derision in this film, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. it's only been three years, guys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it definitely understands right that like the way computers are going will be invisible machines that like make everything work. Yes. Automation and not yeah, and not visible. Um, yeah weird robots that make robot noises but the computer will identify anyone lying down on the ground is dead (laughs) (laughs) and make you really really annoyed that the computer keeps making you think your friends are dead Uh, there's there's a lot of really funny like what what can and can't computers do this is a classic uh early sci-fi thing to me yeah because like they 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 have like you know like they, they can't track anybody the computer knows if someone's on the ground but not who it is right Yes. Um, the idea yeah. that everyone just has like an identifying chip on them or whatever doesn't exist yet. Uh, I love the big fucking weird workout room they have on the ship. Oh, they're, they're like the they're like 1920s gymnasium. Yes, <laughs> everyone's getting like buff and doing their like exercises, yeah. but it's not like a gym that I would think of. They're all on like no, it's, weird it's fucking metropolis in There's there. There's a pool. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And they're all I'm like, like oh, you're all like devoted to like the idea of a body that like World War II really fucked up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have everyone is like classic Soviet buff to me of like, yes, yes. 
we we will p- pursue the perfect man, but not yeah. through like I just, Nazi I just think that stuff supremacy. is getting because yeah. as an American, I think that stuff is really getting like destroyed by it being co-opted into like uh, eugenic stuff around World War Two. <laughs> And by Americans also. It's not well, just yeah, a German thing. The, the Nazis co-opted it from America. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's be honest about yeah, how yeah. that went. Um, but, you know, the, the Soviet vision of that is so much more like, you know, the, the worker yes. will rise himself up uh, through perfecting his form to create wonders together. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and this movie is extremely in that, that like, Soviet poster mode of, of yeah. all the uh, labourers on the ship together with their perfect bodies. <laughs> yeah. Except the one guy who just sits down and gets a tan. He, he doesn't care. um yeah that stuff's good but also like the universal of you just get tired of the food you don't want to drink your vitamin juice oh you're telling me i'm not even on a spaceship i would drink (laughs) i'll drink the vitamin juice Destiny was like what do you think it tastes like i'm like probably like prunes and carrots at the same time prunes and tomatoes which is like the grossest thing i could think of yeah um but you drink your fucking vitamin juice you don't want a vitamintosis or whatever (laughs) A vitamintosis is really, it's a danger. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I think it tastes bitter, just real bitter. Oh, okay. I would like it more if it tasted bitter. Ugh, no, like like Paxlovid bitter. Oh, ugh, that's different. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not that much to say, I guess. Do we have anything else or should we go to questions? I knew this was going to be a short one. A lot of good dogs. Oh. There They're, were good. There, yes, the dog in that is very good. I hope no dogs bit, were harmed. There's a bit where like a, a couple, it's like right when the guys die in the nuclear explosion, right? The dog comes onto the bridge and walks up to her like, hey guys, what's going on? I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do love when they go to the fucking other, other ship and it's just like the stand in there where everyone's in their fucking nightgown or like their evening gowns because they had a big party as, as they were dying. And then the soldiers like fucking gassed them all and then shot themselves. They fought at the end. Yeah. Stupid. It was so stupid. <laughs> that changed. was the moment where I was like, nothing's ever changed. When that was the most... Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, that was the most Twilight zone part of the whole movie for me. <laughs> Of them being like, ah, this era, this decadent era, 1987. <laughs> so cold, bit, heartless. There's a bit where one of the women starts recording a, a ominous uh, audio log to the ship's computer for anyone who might find them, assuming they're not going to make it as they're all falling asleep. I'm like, don't do that. You're just setting yourself up for failure recording an audio log to be found. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, video games are like 30 years off from doing this yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, she's out here being like itchy tasty. <laughs> He's like, oh, I hope the Bioshock guy doesn't find this. <laughs> uh, but specifically the like, oh, tragic sudden death of uh, decadent party goers, right? I'm like, this is yes. imagery that will never die, at least in our current era. It's just, it's just like, you know, this is. Th- I've seen this one so many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sarge has done this, well. this like a dozen times. Yeah. This is this is Bioshock. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it more tragic because they were like reveling in life? Oh, Fallout <laughs> is just this too. Yeah, it's it's all the way down, especially in like video gaming stuff that we happen to be because yeah. it's such a like easy surface level pull, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is not necessarily a critique. I think that's you know the imagery works for a reason, but it is an obvious one that is uh gone to a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. All right. If that's it, we'll go on to questions. Uh, if you'd like to send emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. They can be about anything, not just what we're uh, talking about. Um, first one uh, comes from Eric. 
Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but the dance sequence sticks in my mind all these years later. What are your favorite dance sequences in cinema, not counting musicals? Mm, I went with first thought, best thought, and oh, were you about to say something? No, you go. Me? okay, no, well, no. yeah, no, never mind. Uh, I hate Vincent Gallo. That is my caveat. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so much. Like what, Spotify tried to play one of his songs for me on my Discover Weekly, and I instantly blocked it. I was like, no. Fuck you, Vincent Gallo. But that movie, Buffalo 66, I really like that movie. And in it, there is a scene where Christina Ricci dances to the song just out of nowhere. It's not a musical. She just kind of like she gets kidnapped by him. And she, you know, he has, she has to pretend to be his girlfriend. And she's just like, I'm going to take a little, take a little uh, tap dance, a little, little moment to dance in this bowling alley. Uh, and I really like it. Uh, Jackson. I did, I looked at this like I've never, I don't know I could only think of the clerks one I'm like well not that one but I, I just don't man I thought you were gonna take the one that I immediately thought of which is uh, of course uh, the dance of the axe gang from the beginning of Kung Fu Hustle one of oh, the greatest fuck, I didn't dance even put that together as a dance sequence but you are correct <laughs> that, I do love that that is an imperfect scene um, I was thinking more like like when when's it, how much dance sequences are there in movies that aren't musicals I've seen like. Okay, that one makes. I guess I will I'll, I'll piggyback on that one. I was like, I'm such a boring. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, my movie taste is so boring and obvious, and I have a good dance sequence answer. Oh, fucking loser over here. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of movies do it, to be honest. <laughs> I know, but when I'm like, oh, I've got so many movies about guys in suits, but I can't think of a dance sequence, you do have to like reconsider your choices about life. <laughs> good good point, I guess. <laughs> I agree. Um. But yeah, that's one of mine. Uh, I love Kung Fu Hustle. That's like the best part of Kung Fu Hustle. That's the worst part. And movie's great, but like it does kind of peak in the first three minutes. Of this, this dancing gang, every time it cuts back to them, there's more and more guys doing this fucking dance where they swing around their little axes. Uh, yeah, perfect movie. Yeah. Um, Ritz writes in, I recently watched Stray Dog, Kira Kurosawa's 1949 film, followed immediately by Stray Dogs, uh, Tsai Ming Liang's 2013 movie. What's a good, funny double feature of unrelated movies with similar names like Election 1999 and Election 2005? Before Sunset and After Sun? Um, I, I was like, I'm not gonna be able to think of anything for this, but I, I put it to the group. <laughs> I mean, the obvious one is Crash and Crash, right? That was the one. That oh, God, my... that's perfect. Yes. I, again, I'm really this is like a thing. This is like one of those kind of association things that I'm really bad at. <laughs> Finally found one that's like more for my stupid memory. Yes. I'm always like, oh, I don't remember any movie. But like Crash and Crash is such a joke. That's fair. It's not like a title joke, but one time um, in college, me and my friends did End of Evangelion and... Um, uh, the Passion of the Christ as a double feature, which I think is very funny. <laughs> that is funny. Things that only are, are, are make sense when you're 19. That's an incredibly uh, 19-year-old choice. Yes. I don't think uh, I have an answer for this. That's fine. Uh, Jacob writes in, where does Patrick rank among the all-time movie robots of a non-giant variety? Patrick doesn't um, I, do a whole lot, but I, the Go thing ahead. I like about Patrick is that he one he's like an old he's like a fifties robot, um, and he like the the suit is so much that like whoever's in it can barely move. 
right? Yeah. Um, it just kind of waddles. Like the legs don't articulate. <laughs> it's not like a Robbie where it's like the, the spacesuit legs or whatever. It literally just kind of penguin waddles like half an inch at a time whenever it goes anywhere. Um, <laughs> and just forlornly asks after its old man owner. And that's beautiful to me. <laughs> I did get a little pang in my heart when he was like, Anthony, Anthony, when everybody was asleep. <laughs> that was very tragic. Like a sad puppy. Um, and then he just gets uh, yeeted by the... Uh, Fucking destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he just gets totally wrecked. And it's just like, damn, Patrick. Homie, for you on the ground. Yeah, it's a, it's a good robot of this style. I feel like the style became extremely unfashionable to do not long after this, right? I mean, it's already a joke in this movie, so yeah, yeah I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah. Who's the best movie robot? Is it Johnny Number 5? No. no. Is it Chappie? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what I if think he made Johnny I, number five? But it was good. He was more racist. <laughs> um, I think my answer is C three PO. It's got to be C three PO. What do you mean? Like caveating that? There's no caveats required. Well, it's such C3PO. a boring. I feel like it's such a boring answer because people love Star I Wars like so much. Answer, it's like, right. Sometimes I, the cultural dominant thing is just true. I think Chappie is better, but... <laughs> but And, like, look, I don't, like, love, love Star Wars, but what if a robot was just a fussy gay man? It's perfect. No notes. You did it. <laughs> He's perfect. He's in all the movies, even the ones that fucking suck. Uh, everyone loves him. C-3PO. Yeah. yeah, I know that, like, the the robot sickos go for R2-D2, but I like C-3PO more. You know, whatever. Kind of like, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. I'm a hater. I just... <laughs> Okay. Um, I don't remember its name. I like the robot in Moon a lot. I, that was a good robot. The smiley face guy? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. we're doing Hal for the 21st century. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it worked pretty well. <clears throat> Hal, not a very... I mean, Hal's not a robot. Hal's a computer, but, you know. There's Hal's not, not my much of a difference. I think it has to be, like, embodied in some way. I think just, I like, a, a staring eye in a wall doesn't count. Okay. I mean, there are equal levels of being, but yeah. you just mean like for cinematic portrayals. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the reason, like, the Chappie stuff is weird because, like, Chappie is a robot, but his robotness is not really, like, a key component of them. He's just a he's just a person. His personhood is in question, for sure. But he's he's, 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 a, he's a boy. He's living his life. He's still a robot. <laughs> he, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit the same way to me. What are you talking about? Chappie's not a robot to you? He's too real to be a robot. What are you talking about? Johnny Five was real to me and and got shot down. No. Johnny Five got plated in gold and became an American citizen. Johnny, what the fuck happens in those movies? <laughs> it's you never seen movie. Short Circuit? The, the, end, the end of Short Circuit 2, he becomes an American citizen. Short Circuit 2 is not. It. Short Circuit 1 is also really bad. Do They're not both pretend kind of bad, but I How love many? Johnny Five. How many of those movies did they make? Just two. two. Just two, okay. Yeah. Um, the the fucking Terminator endoskeleton. That's a good robot. <laughs> All I can think of are TV robots, but yeah, never mind. Um, Crystal writes in, It's the Dark Age of England. No king sits on the high throne. Petty lords compete to draw the sword from the stone. What job are you doing at the sword drawing carnival? I'm live tweeting it. <laughs> okay. What does live tweet look like in the fucking 1400s, Jackson? <laughs> I'm like sitting uh, on a on a little uh, 
um, rock, like kind of slightly away from the stone, quickly sketching everyone who like draws it out and then roasting them uh, and sending, <laughs> sending that out to the uh, missives and uh, like tomes of the era, so that anyone who looks stupid drawing the sword uh, can get sufficiently roasted. I love that. Destiny. I'm just reading tarot cards. I was going to say, you're definitely a fortune teller of some kind. Yes. Um, but it's not for fortune telling, it's for personal development. It's the 1400s for fortune telling. <laughs> Nobody knows what personal development is yet. I feel like there, it would be very easy to imagine you, Destiny, as like a working actor who shows up in this random ass movie just being a fortune teller in the 1400s. I can see that so easily. And <laughs> come in and I'm like, oh, here's Destiny to tell me my fortune. And you're like, hello, I'm a mysterious lady from another land to tell you your fortune today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> um, I think I'm something boring. I think I'm like a cook. Or uh, I make barrels, something like handiwork <laughs> sort of thing. You're a good. Oh, I think I'd be the most boring man at the fucking meeting <laughs> of the fucking uh, pouring the salt from the stone. I'd be the one cleaning the dishes. Ooh. No, I would not be cleaning the dishes. Don't. That's different. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> that different. What's different about that? It's just another menial job. I have people. Thing. I have people to clean the dishes for me. Excuse you. You don't have people to clean the dishes if you the barrel maker. They the barrel my maker. Appren- my people. apprentice is, you know, you, 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 being a tradesperson in this era is a respected position. Excuse you. I, 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 okay. I don't understand the the uh, like where does tradesperson end and where does just like servant begin in. In your I line. think I think cook and barrel maker count as tradespeople, but dishwasher doesn't. Fuck no, the absolutely they don't have not. A that, guild. Yeah, I mean the dishwasher is probably an apprentice to the cook, right? I don't know. I don't, don't tell me anything about the structure of labor at the uh, fucking carnival of the sword. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <over there. laughs> I'm just live tweeting. Here. I'm just saying people want turkey legs. I will make the turkey legs. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, not that they're eating turkey at this point, because uh, pretty sure turkeys are an American continent bird. But uh, Brendan writes in, you're traveling in a spaceship. Let your smurf on a 10 year journey. What is your role on the ship? We're going to invert this last question. <laughs> I feel like when I saw these questions, come in, I was like, I've got to come up with so many fucking things. To <laughs> It's like my torch. I don't know things. What are you doing um, on a starship? Come on. I'm the therapist. <laughs> That's the same answer. You just gave the same answer yeah. twice. I- <laughs> it's the same question, kinda. <laughs> uh, I would imagine I am like um, a very low level like engineer on the ship. I'm I'm struggling. I'm one of the guys who's like gets a. Uh, You're Rutherford. Like yeah, I- I'm no because Rutherford's too good at his job. Yeah, he's good at his job. Rutherford's like a secret genius with a whole bunch. You're of your tapestry Picard. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm like the um the the guy who can't fuck, but not not for that part. The other to him generally. <laughs> you, mean, you mean Reginald Barkley? But just do me a favor, listeners. No, just the, edit the, that the out. Dex, from from Lower Dex, the guy with the mustache, who's like a weird nervous oh, guy. Oh, Billups. Have to protect, yeah, Billups. Billups. Oh, Billups, is, Billups is chief engineer. Oh, well, I like him, but like shitter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, like you're I'm, a not, shitty I'm not in charge of it. I'm not in charge of anyone, but I'm like nervous and trying to do my job right. I don't know. What do you want from me? Shitty Billups. You're you're uh, you're TNG O'Brien. Oh fuck yes! I'm gonna go so far. I'm a bit so sad. Yeah, um, I'm the captain. Oh, I'd just be in charge of everyone. <laughs> yes, correct. I just want to give the speeches. <laughs> yeah, make the hard decisions, give the speeches. That's oh, what captain does. God damn it! I wanna, I wanna say what I'd bring. 
What? Uh, to, on the ship, if I was on the ship being the ship's oh, therapist. Oh, right, you could bring whatever you want. Yes, yes, yes. I, I bring my journal, my tarot cards, and a photo of my <laughs> nephews. I just want to put that out there. I love that someone brings a whole fucking piano. I'm like, man, they just don't care about weight. No one's thought about this yet. <laughs> um, What would I bring? I'd probably bring my mister. I was going to say, like, you bring a Steam Deck? Like... <laughs> I'd bring my gaming PC. I don't know, because yeah. I would want to be gaming on this on this spaceship. <laughs> yeah, I got 10 years. I mean, they're not there for 10 years. They're there for like 28 months or something. I could install enough games on a computer that was about to go offline to not run out of games by um, for 28 months. That'd be easy for me. 28 months is easy. I think I could... I mean, I think my mister could keep me going for 10 years, but I, 28 months is nothing. Yeah. I, I already have enough games in my library to just do that today. Yeah. Um, Kieran writes in, you have to delete one genre of film forever, including retroactively all previous films of that genre. Okay. Which one? I could I mean, not I don't answer. know how, I don't know how wide we're going here, but like, it's very easy for me. I don't watch horror movies, so I'm getting rid of horror movies. Sorry. Man, you're the worst. You're I the worst person who's ever lived. I, I can go narrower if you'd rather, films. if you'd rather films. me keep some. I mean, mine's not going to be narrow either. So my answer is biopic. Fucking hate them. Boring. Get out of here. Biopic is significantly narrower than yeah, horror. Yeah, it is significantly talking? narrower than horror, but it is deleting a lot of movies from the world. Basically, anything that's like, oh, the fucking biopic, true, st- like, based on, if a movie starts with based on true story, get the fuck out of here. Delete it. The only movie that gets to do that is Fargo, because it's not actually based on true story. Well, yeah, the ones that aren't actually based on true stories get to stay. Um, What's yours answer, Destiny. I think, I don't know, I would not delete that because I think there are a lot of great documentaries out there. Um, Documentaries stay. I didn't say documentaries, I said biopics. Oh, biopics specifically. Okay. Um, I don't don't know. I feel like it's too influential as a genre to delete completely because there's a lot of good things that come out of this genre, but I don't like romantic comedies. Get rid of them. You're such a hater. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) But there's a lot that I like. So, you know, balancing it out, just a caveat with that. Uh huh. Hater. I know it I mean, makes you sound like a real Grinch. The problem is a lot of them, like in the modern day, are bad. But that's just because they don't spend any money making movies anymore. <laughs> Can't make a normal romantic comedy anymore. It's impossible. <laughs> exactly. Um, Jacob writes in some of these we've already answered a little bit, but um, uh, late fifties, early seventies era sci-fi books are one of my favorite genres, spaces, and literature. Uh, and it's produced a bunch of great movies like Ikari, Dune, Planet of the Apes, Blade Runner, Man Who Fell to Earth, which I haven't seen, Solaris, 2001. I like all the rest of those. Uh, are there books of this era that didn't get an adaptation you would have liked to see in movie form? Uh, is there a movie of Caves of Steel? Why hasn't that happened yet? Uh, I mean, th- there are six bajillion robot detective books um, and movies you can read. Um, that aren't anime. Oh, well, you know what? There's less of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's a television adaptation, a radio adaptation, and a game adaptation on the Wikipedia page. Okay. Um, which, so yeah, there's not a direct movie of Caves of Steel. That's weird. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. weird. It's fucking weird. One of my favorite books is Philip K. Dick's Ubik, and I think that would make a weird-ass movie. There's like... All, just a lot of things that you could play with. Like, there's a time disintegration plot in that movie where like things just decay really fast and people get old really fast and die that you could do a lot with and then like when people die they put them in these like machines where you can talk to a projection of them as long as like they're 
I don't even know how they explain it, but like their aura is strong enough for you to like keep talking to them. They'll like flicker in and out if they're not, and then they'll go into the afterlife. And there's just a lot of cool shit in that book, and I think you could do a lot with it visually. Mm-hmm. And all the other Philip K. Dick books or movies, why not this one? Jackson, what you got? Well, for what book they should do? Yeah. I mean, like, I have, I literally aren't the ones I read are all on anomalous reading. What's that anomalous readings book you really liked? The the like uh, the feminist one. Oh, the female man. Yeah, they shouldn't make a movie of that. <laughs> <laughs> Strongly believe they should not make a movie of that, especially today. Um, what I if like they did though? I'd be very worried. I'd be like, no, <laughs> that's gonna be the worst movie ever made. In so many different directions, that could go wrong. Yeah, fair um, enough. Like, uh, what was the Alfred Best one we, we you made me read that I did? I oh, love that the one. Demolish Man. Demolish Man. That'd be a good one to have a movie of, but it wouldn't yeah. be like, a remarkable one. Um, but I no. think, like, I think if you give it to, like, the right director, uh, preferably early in their career, uh, with, like, a lower budget, I think yeah. that would work for that. You want, like, a, just a lean 80-minute version of that. Not like a, That would not work for, like, a grand sci-fi thing. Yeah. Um, but you can just do, like, a... Uh, short uh noir sci-fi movie that will work pretty well um are there any genres slash eras of books you have a fondness for you'd like to see more movies pull scripts from um i don't really have like a specific era but i just think the genre of afrofuturism needs more fucking movies that's fair that's so much more uh, generous than my answer is going to be let's hear it what's your your answer uh my answer is i think books already get turned into movies enough i want uh i want more movies that are basically like a fucking uh video game puzzle as a film i need more cubes and saws please (laughs) Uh, there there's a there are definitely a few of these you can go watch that one episode of doctor who that no one shuts up about but i i would like there Um, to be i'd like this to be a subgenre of like of movies i'd say it's getting there but yeah not as not as much yeah um because, I, I mean, I, I don't have a good answer. I only have an anti-answer in a similar way in that, like, uh, my la- la- a couple of years ago now, going back and reading a bunch of Lakari books and being like, wait a minute, spy movies are all a fucking waste of my time. The real shit's on the books. I didn't... I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I like a good spy movie, but then I went to, like, the, the books they're pulling from um, and like them significantly more than the movies, right? Like, <laughs> on, on, on balance. Not entirely. Not, like, one-to-one. Uh but generally, when there's like a book I like, I'm not like, oh, this this needs to be adapted into film more. Um, so I didn't don't have a good answer for like that way. We only have it in reverse. Yeah. Um, do you drink your gross vitamin juice every day? Uh, yeah, but I would really complain about it. Me too. I, I would not shut up about it. I don't even think about it. I've been <laughs> complaining so much about it. I could not stop me complaining. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, Charleston had a bunch of questions. Uh, let's see. Um, what's the scariest thing about space for you all? Was it, it's you're just, just being oh, space. Yeah, yeah. You, no one can hear you scream. Like there's so many things. There's so many things. You could die and be forgotten in the middle of space and nothing. Just be and floating out in space yeah. forever. All the normal things are scary about space. I don't have anything. Oh, I'm actually scared of space's relation of whatever the fuck. I I'm just the normal reason space is scary for me, please. I, I do think. I do think like contemplating the bigness of it freaks me out a little bit. I Ditto. think that might be the answer to me. Yeah. The con- like reckoning with the infinite is difficult. Yes. Uh, would any of you ever try to explore space? You're given a chance to. Yeah, in a second. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm too scared. But like, I'll you know, video conference with you, like video uh, chat from you know 
Earth in a heartbeat. <laughs> you fucking tell me I get to go explore space. I don't get to come back. I don't even care. I don't want to come back. Let's oh go. God. I'm terrified. Uh, what's your favorite alarm sound in all of science fiction, film, or television? I have no idea. Uh, TNG Red Alert, obviously. Yeah, I was say, like it's a Star Trek Red Alert. Like, it's a very boring one. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking classic. Like, what are you going to do? It's true, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we have one uh, from Zach here. Uh, recently watched Flash Gordon movie. Is surprised to learn George Lucas wanted to make this before being shut down. Uh, and then he went on to make Star Wars. You have the cosmic power to replace any major franchise movie with an obscure one. Nine movies of staggeringly different qualities, countless games and toys, a metric ton of fans, for better or worse. Which two movies are you switching? I'm switching The Fast and the Furious out for Kung Fu Hustle. Which is, a, that is a correct answer. That's, that's very good. Um... I'd probably switch Kung Fu Hustle with like a significantly worse series. I like a few Brothers Chris movies and there are definitely some movies that I just don't fucking like at all. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the problem is like my gut is like, I'd like to beef up the Resident Evil movies, but I, the, that, you know, I feel that less in my heart after the last one killed a person. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, um i'll let destiny go um for some reason i didn't think of an answer of this ahead of time so i'm like <laughs> okay so yeah, this, one, this one came in a little later so I was yeah no it's okay this. it's okay i'm just thinking probably as far as a franchise i would replace i would just get rid of uh, hmm like I don't know what I would replace, but I would replace it with the female Scorpion prisoner movies. Um, there's already a bunch of them, but like I need it to be bigger than it is. Okay. I think I am uh, replacing Jurassic Park with Barbarella. Ooh. Jurassic Park might have the lowest hit rate of any series. <laughs> yeah, because like I love the first Jurassic Park, don't be wrong, but then it's just like, and two's okay, but it's just a fucking wasteland after that. Mm. The fact that the second, like, the Lost World, famous disappointing sequel, is seemingly easily the best one of the sequels. Yeah, um, I, I haven't like I haven't seen enough to make the direct comparison myself, yeah. but that's just seemingly the cultural uh, take. Yeah, I just think Barbarella deserves to be huge. Um, if I could somehow, because they're linked in my mind, if I could somehow rank uh, like loop uh, Danger Diabolic in here too and get a bunch of crossover movies of those two, Barbarella versus Danger Diabolic, let's fucking go. That is really cool. I would replace yeah. the Twilight movies. I really would. <laughs> with what? With with what? Oh, with just... female prisoner scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> All you the teenagers you know stop lining works. up. I, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with this. <laughs> just no Twilight movies, please. <laughs> Give me the 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 uh, Japanese. I was like, I was like, between this and your uh, your romantic comedies thing, Destiny's just the misogynist of the podcast, I guess. <laughs> I was like, uh, I didn't want to be mean. I was like, that's just such a, a 2008 opinion over here. <laughs> oh, no, I just, I it's just not a genre that I connect with in a lot of ways. I used to, but old and jaded now. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's it for questions. Thank you, everyone who wrote in. Again, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Next time's the big one zero zero. Jackson, what you picking? Um, well, I don't know if Em wants to change my mind. Um, because uh, earlier they said that biopics are the worst genre and they would delete them all and they hate every single one of them. <laughs> I, that's true. I did say that and I do believe it. But I guess you're going to hit me with a biopic. So I guess we're going to suffer a fucking film. Uh, 
I chose uh, the 1990s Spike Lee movie Malcolm X. Oh, oh shit. Because uh, I've never seen it. I know it's three hours long. We can we can move it. I have backup options if you don't want no, to watch it. I've seen it, it, so it's, it'd be easy to watch. So Yeah, I've already seen it, so I do not mind watching that again. Yeah. I am always up for a Spike Lee. Yeah. Uh, no, so I was great. meant to see this one. It's one I would never do if I didn't like have a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, three hours fair. long. Honestly, um, the first time I saw it, I watched it in school. Yeah, uh, and I know uh, people. I worked on really a bunch like of Spike it. Lee movies just on my own about what was that twelve years ago? It was a long time ago. It was like yeah. the first year we started hanging out. Yeah, that's so long ago. Um. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be movie one hundred. Uh, we, I think we have some stuff coming in for 100 also. Um, like just a, I think we got a quiz coming about stats about our 100 movies, which is going to be fun. I'm looking yes. forward to that. We should Goofy be doing it on this podcast. Yeah, it's going to probably be a longer episode. If you've got emails about the 100, 100 years of oh, retro screens. Yeah, no. Feel free to send in any emails about the 100 movies. Which one's off? Fa- I'm sure. 100 I'm years, sure 100 we'll... movies, AFI. <laughs> I am sure that we will cover what's your favorite one what's your least favorite one type general stuff but yeah, if there's yeah. any specific questions uh about the hundred episodes of retro screenings feel free to write in i can't believe we're at a hundred yeah we've been cooking 2019 was five years ago that's fucked up yeah <laughs> um all right uh destiny plugs at fridge buzz now in most places and my other podcast battling girls can be found on abnormalmapping.com slash badland girls Jackson. You can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter and co-host and Blue Sky. You can find the podcast that we do at abnormalmapping.com. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. If you'd like to support our work, you could do that at patreon.com slash normalmapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project, where we're currently watching Double O Gundam and Rose of Versailles. Uh, for $5, you get Blockbusters. We recently did an episode on Big, which turned out to be pretty good. And we're going to be watching Stargate next month, uh, which I hope is good. And uh, I'm playing Fantasy Tactics also, working on wrapping that up in the next couple of months. Uh, for $10, you get VoIP Life, where we talk about a bunch of bullshit. There's a lot of movie episodes in there. Lately, they've been mostly video game stuff, because that's just where we're at. But, you know, we break out movie talk more than you might think, I think, overall. Yeah. Um, we had, like, three movie episodes in a row once the strike ended, because we just hadn't been talking about it at all for months. <laughs> True. <laughs> um... Anyway, thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, rate and review on iTunes. Tell your friends. Retweet the plugs. If, if we're on a platform you're not like a co-host and you just think the episode's good, maybe link it and tell people to listen. That stuff always helps. If you want to chat with us and not send an email, we're in the Discord. That's linked in the on the website, mineralmapping.com. Uh, you can always find people talk about movies in there. You know, we don't really plug the Discord very often, but this is not like our hugest podcast. So I don't mind advertising. There's people talking about movies in the Discord. That's true. Yep. If you talk about uh, like movies that uh, I don't like, you have to go in the other hole where the other movies live, <laughs> like superheroes. So you did, man. We did make a big hole for. Everyone I mean, to I discuss. did make myself a Star Trek hole also because I was like, I'm just going to talk about Star Trek over here. <laughs> True. If you come to the Discord, and like, why are there six bajillion channels? That's on purpose. Just hide the ones you don't care about. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. how we run it. Don't worry about yeah. it. I know it's yeah. annoying. Yeah, but if you do want to, if you don't, if you only, if you're like, I really like Transformers, there's a whole community of people I don't talk to talking about Transformers in there. They could be doing anything in there. We would yeah. know. You walk in, it's just, everything's on fire. Yeah. yeah I haven't checked in there in months. Yeah. I'm sure they're having a good time. 
No uh, one's been like, oh, admins, there's a problem. So actually, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have been selling drugs in there. Oh, damn. Oh, damn it. Damn it. We didn't check. Obviously, we like didn't check. I'm selling drugs in Transformers Channel. <laughs> uh, that's it. We're done. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, movies. Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them.